Gentlemen, welcome to the Manlyhood Mancast. We are wrapping up Season 6 with just a couple more interviews for you. Uh, today's guest, Cooper Heller, is going to talk to us about his story and the work that he does to help men uh, get their lives back, to get their bodies back, which is exciting. But before we get into that, I just want to give you a chance to win this amazing knife. It's called the Black Pearl. It was made by my friend Travis Haynes at Haynes Knives, H-A-I-N-E-S Knives.com. He made it just for us for you as a giveaway. So we're going to do a contest. If you go to mainlyhood.com slash contests, you can enter to win this amazing everyday carry knife. Uh, this is like a $250 value, guys. This is something special that uh, really it's an heirloom. This is something that you're going to use and you're going to be able to pass it down to your kids someday. It's an amazing knife that was made just for you. Uh, so again, mainlyhood.com slash contests for your chance to win that. With that being said, guys, today's guest, Cooper Heller, he's the founder of the Trilogy Method, and he helps the modern man evolve his mindset and his physical health. So he's got some amazing insights onto how we can take better care of our bodies and become physically and mentally the men that we're supposed to be. Cooper, it's great to have you on the show today. Uh, kind of grateful that you uh, made a way to be able to talk to me while running down to the coffee shop, right? Yes, absolutely, man. My Wi-Fi went out, so here we are. That's all right. We've got all the all the the charm and the uh, excitement of of being uh, at a. Where are you in Texas? Is that where you're at? So I actually moved from Texas. I live in San Diego now. So, uh, so we, all of the charm of a California coffee shop. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm going to be out near you here pretty soon. I'm going to go out to uh, Marietta for a week with my wife. So. Uh, we're going to a conference out there, so it's not super far from you. It's it's a lot closer to you than it is than I am right now. But I don't know if we'll have a chance to meet up. But who knows? <laughs> yeah, man, that'd be awesome. So, Cooper, tell me about the work you're doing, man. You're doing some pretty cool stuff right now, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, man. I mean, there's so much to to start. I'll just dive into it. Sure. So, what I do now is I help men with their mindset through mindset coaching. Uh, personal training and nutrition coaching, but also life coaching for men, right? So I believe that the modern man is just so lost nowadays. Um, and you see it everywhere you go. Uh, guys just don't have a sense of direction. And so providing these guys with the tools and the coaching necessary to evolve their mindset, their body, but also to find their purpose. That is what I do. Awesome. Yeah, I was looking through on your social. At, uh, there was like some kind of testimonials of some guys and watching. You can see the transformation in them uh, as you've been helping them through that. And it was it was a, pretty cool to see it, man. Absolutely. I mean, I get so much fulfillment from it. Um, and I love it. I love it. I wouldn't rather be doing anything else. So. so how did you get started on this journey? Oh, man, that is a great question. So... Uh, I have, I have quite a long story, so I'll just start from there. Sounds good. I grew good. up in a small town of Amarillo, Texas. I tell people, more cows than people. Um, it's exactly what you would think, small Texas town. I grew up playing sports, played football, basketball, ran some track, um, did some boxing. I really played everything all throughout middle school and high school. So that was my life. And then junior year of high school, I, I actually broke my back doing deadlift so during that time i gained about 50 pounds of fat i couldn't walk for six months 
and I got addicted to opioids. So needless to say, my mental health was pure shit. It was not where it needs to be. Um, so long story short, I had some minor surgery, started getting that back up to par, started walking again. And I just dove completely head first into health, fitness, nutrition, and mindset. Just anything I could get my hands on. So I ended up losing that weight. And uh, slowly but surely, you know, my friend and family started asking me, what did you do? What was the secret? Um, and all that jazz. So I would tell them, you know, buy, me, uh, buy me a Chipotle burrito and I'll write you a free plan. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I got started. Um, so, yeah, I, mean, I just fat. fell in love. <laughs> Do what? Then you got fat again, right? Of all the yeah, the cycle started over. <laughs> um, but that's what started my love for fitness, health, and nutrition, as well as mindset. So I started my first company uh, when I was actually in college. I grew that and scaled that up. I actually dropped out of college, moved to San Diego. And then about eight to ten months ago, I realized that my purpose here on earth just wasn't being completely fulfilled. I realized that there were some gaps that I was missing. It's almost as if like I had another level, like a new, a new goal, like a new target audience, like a bigger purpose. And I realized why that was number one, you know, I believe that the modern man, there's no, it's, there's no bl blueprint on how to be a man in today's time. It's very rare to find a mentor. Usually it's through family connection, maybe, uh, you know, a networking event, something like that to find a mentor, but no one really has a mentor to show them mindset, you know, personal training, nutrition, and even life coaching. Right. So that was one gap that I wanted to provide is help these guys level up in all aspects of life and really find clarity and purpose in their life, meaning in their life. But also the second gap was a strong community for men, right? So for men to have like-minded brothers on the same journey that want to level up, want to find success in their life, want to have amazing relationships and help each other grow. So um, that's, that's where I'm at today. Yeah, I can tell you, man, uh, that is of most importance today. That's why I do what I do. And, you know, for myself, it came in a similar kind of place where I'm like, all right, I need to figure out where, what I'm here to do. You know, it was a matter of purpose. And I, I knew my purpose was to help people. And, and yeah, so I can relate very much. And, and I knew my purpose was to help men. I felt like I had a really great dad who taught me a whole bunch of great stuff. And I'm like, I know all these people who don't have dads and nobody's teaching them all the great stuff they need to know. So that's kind of where that came from. So I can, I can understand that, that feeling of a calling almost, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So you broke your back with a deadlift, huh? How much were you lifting? <laughs> To be honest, I, I couldn't even tell you. I don't remember. Um, I don't know if it was the weight, if it was my form. My back just couldn't handle that amount of weight. I don't know. Did you <laughs> did you go down? Like, what happened? So I ruptured, uh, I believe it was 
two discs completely in my lower back, and another one was just messed up. Um, you know, I, I stayed off of it for a few weeks, and then I tried to get back into it, which actually messed up my back even more. Mm. Um, and then it just kept getting worse and worse until I just had to completely stop everything and just lay off of it. So. Man, that would be a, that'd be a really frustrating thing to go through, I think, especially if that was something, you know, with being an athlete and somebody who loved doing that, and you just kind of have it stripped away from you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I played basketball. I trained really hard. Um, and I was, a, I was starting varsity as a freshman. And so sports were my thing. And so to have that all stripped away, it's almost like a sense of identity is just taken from you. You know, like who you are is just gone in an instant. Yeah, so. and, that's a, and that's a big deal, that sense of identity. You know, uh, what, how old were you when that happened, you said? So I was a junior. Um, yeah, it's about 16. 16, 17. Yeah, yeah. That, so you're just now starting to figure out who you are, and then that gets stripped away. So that that would have been a tough experience. Absolutely. When do you think you figured, when do you think you kind of figured out who you were? Man, I've always been a very old soul. You know, my flesh, my body's very young, but (laughs) it's kind of funny. um, Because even as a kid, I used to, I used to just get along so well with like elderly people older parents more so than like kids my age you know as i was growing up um so i believe that the sense of purpose was always kind of there like the inner wisdom but that instance is what really and literally broke me um to help me go down this path that i'm on today gotcha so when you're working helping men um you know because you're young how old are you, by the way? I'm 21. 21. Yeah, you are young. That's awesome. Yeah, my uh, my youngest son is 21. Or my yeah, he's my youngest son. I've got a younger daughter. It's 18. Uh, and he's been my personal trainer right now. And uh, he was skinny his whole life, real skinny, not athletic. Started doing karate and really loved it. Um, his his back wasn't broken, but it, it was painful. You know, he had real bad posture. So he started lifting to make his posture better. And uh, he really enjoyed it. So I, I need to lose a bunch of weight. Uh, and so we started working out. We work out a couple times a week and we lift. And, and that's been pretty cool to work with a young guy who's, you know, uh, in much better shape than I am. And, and, you know, there's a challenge. But there's a lot to be in 21. And um, a lot of people are going to come and be like, oh, he's just 21. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And be prepared for that. But you are in a neat position, dude, because... Your generation needs what you're bringing right now, dude. Like, they need that. Like, they're all video games and living in their mom's basement and watching anime. And that's it. You know? So yeah. so you're bringing something that's desperately needed. How are people receiving it? Do you find that they want what you're offering? Yeah, man. Um, I would say that, you know, first of all, thank you for saying that. Um, but I will say that, man, honestly, it depends on the, the individual. You know, mm-hmm. I do work with a lot of older clients. Um, I actually, most recent client that signed up with me, he's 60. So a lot of these, I mean, I've worked primarily with older men, 
you know, middle to older men, um, that kind of age demographic, but sometimes it's an ego trip, you know, these guys, here's this guy that's, you know, half their age telling them you know, what they should and shouldn't be doing. But what I've come to realize is, you know, I can, I can provide them with the knowledge and the tools that they need, but if they're going to let their ego get in the way from stopping me, help them, I don't want to work with them in the first place, to be honest. Cause that's not the kind of people that I want in my circle. That's not the kind of clients that I want to work with. But yeah, I mean, I will say that that does happen sometimes. It's very actually rare. Um, because you know, I do, I do provide them with some value. And then once that usually happens, they'll, they'll open up and they'll accept it. So. Yeah. yeah well, and, and that's the advantage that like, like for, for an older guy to be humble enough to say, I can learn from this young guy because he's obviously fit. And he's been through some hardship and he came back from it and he, he can be a good fitness coach, right? I'm kind of thinking about how cool it is to be able to connect then some of those older guys, maybe with some younger guys too. that community aspect of what you're talking about, you know, cause we need that. Like I need more old guys in my life, dude. Like I get a bunch of old guys I hang out with all the time and they're like, like in their, you know, sixties, seventies. And they're like, yeah, I need that. So, so you're in a good position. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, man. And I will say that, you know, in like the generation, you know, before me, um, you know, like all these different mindset coaches and mindset tools that, you know, I provide a lot of these guys, I've never heard about them. They're completely new information, like overcoming limiting beliefs, you know, finding a sense of fulfillment and purpose in life. Like that's not something that's taught. And yeah. so, you know, that's kind of a it's, a, it's a new concept and it's extremely important. Yeah. Gen X, we were taught, uh, just shut up and push through it and shake it off. You'll be fine. So, <laughs> and whatever hand you're dealt in life, that's a hand you get and you're going to take it. So the idea that, um, that you have to stay there is, is deeply ingrained. And so when somebody comes along, some young buck, like yourself comes along and says, Hey, you can do more. You can, you can change the way you think and then you can achieve something. That's kind of exciting. <laughs> and yeah, man, I absolutely love it. And, um, you know, everything, everything's evolving, everything's changing. And that's just what I realized, man, is, you know, wisdom has nothing to do with age. Um, and a lot of it is, it's the, it's the ego. Cause as men, we have this ego that we can do everything on our own. You know, we don't need any help. I don't want to look at the instruction manual. Let me do it. But in reality, it's like, you know, it's okay to ask for help. It's going to get you a lot further in life. So, yeah. So tell me in your own life, man, uh, this quest for overcoming limiting beliefs. What was that like for you? How, how are you working on that? Yeah, man. Like as of right now. Mm -hmm. Sure. Absolutely. So I always like to have at least one mentor in my life. Currently I have three, uh, two business mentors and then a life coaching mentor as well. And honestly, I would say that finding a mentor that is in the position that you want to be at, that's, as a little side note, that is the quickest way to success. Uh, you know, I know I'm in my you know early twenties and a lot of my millionaire friends are in their early twenties as well. And it's like these guys, they're in the position that everyone wants to be in. Um, 
So finding inventory is definitely the quickest way to success. But I will say with limiting beliefs, my current biggest limiting belief is honestly the people pleasing limiting belief. Um, you know, I am an empath. I discovered that recently. I care a lot deeper than most people and I'm very, I'm very empathetic sometimes you know, to my detriment and sometimes it hurts me. And so I'm, I'm trying to take the good out of that empathy, but releasing a lot of the people pleasing tendencies that kind of come with that, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So I'd say that's, that's probably my biggest, uh, kind of mindset limiting belief. Another one was actually the age thing that, you know, since I'm so young, you know, I can't help older men. That was a huge limiting belief that I had to overcome and say, you know what, you know, I'm, I'm certified and I have more than enough knowledge to help these guys. So that was another huge one as well. Yeah. It's that's that limiting belief right there is, like I said, I think that's something that, that is, is you, well, you sounds like you have started to overcome it and, I think that that right there can be the thing that makes all the difference in what you're, what you're doing, because, uh, we old guys don't, you know, like you said, there's old guys that aren't going to be able to, to handle it. Great. You're not who I'm looking for. <laughs> you know, you want the ones who are willing to learn and willing to, to be challenged and y your youth brings something to the table. You know what I mean? It does. It's it's actually a, not a detriment. It's a it's a positive. So that's a cool thing. So Thank you. tell me Thank a little you. bit about about your your coaching program when you're helping these guys. What does that look like? Absolutely, man. So I do like to keep the one on one process and the mentorship uh, up and running. A lot of coaches just kind of scale out business wise, and they take the coaching fulfillment off their hands, which makes more sense you know, financially and business wise, but I do believe in the connection and the personability of working a one-on-one. -on -one. So it is a three month coaching process inside of this process. We do weekly mindset and life coaching calls. Um, I actually created a course based on, you know, course modules based on mindset coaching and life coaching as well to help these guys overcome limiting beliefs, develop and deeper their value and define their purpose and all those amazing things. And then I actually create uh, them a custom training and nutrition plan through our app called TrainRise. So everything is online, um, all the way from the training and nutrition, all the way to the life and mindset coaching. What you talk about is wanting to build uh, community and brotherhood. What does that look like? Yeah, so we have group coaching calls every single week. Um, I also created a buddy system for these men that have, honestly, I try to make it <laughs> to where these guys have, you know, similar goals and interests. It's a little hard to do that. Um, but I do pair them up with a buddy as well. So that way, the accountability is from me as the coach, the community, but also the buddy system as well with each other. Yeah, I know that that's what's helped me uh, to stay on track. You know, for a, uh, a couple months, my son had an evening job, and we couldn't work out together in the evenings when I was free. And I didn't go. You know what I mean? He's not going to be there. I'm not going to go. 
So to have that buddy, man, that makes all the difference. So we're back at it again. So. <laughs> Absolutely. The accountability. Exactly. You need that. You need that. So um, tell me more about, like, from a life perspective, your own life. You know, uh, what's the difference between who you were and who you are now? You know, I know that, like, there's there's been some journey for you. Uh, from that kind of that broken place, right? I mean, I'm sure there was more than just a broken back. Was there more of you that was broken as well? Absolutely. Mentally completely broken. Completely broken to, to be vulnerable. I mean, I, I was suicidal. I, uh, it was a dark place for me. Um, so definitely the, the mindset piece as well. How did that change? Honestly, it changed first through therapy, um, through CBT therapy. I was a little hesitant because I thought therapy was just for crazy people. <laughs> but that's kind of the, the notion that we have here in the United States. But uh, I gave it a shot, and it changed my life mentally. That's awesome. Yeah, I am. Um, that's a – it can be a hard and difficult process to go through that. And uh, – that that therapy because you, you know it always feels awkward and it feels weird to talk about stuff like that you know like i don't want to talk about feelings <laughs> um what are some things that you learned in that process that is a great question i believe that probably one of the biggest lessons that i've learned in that process is that confidence must come through your inner qualities and inner values instead of your external success. So, you know, even a lot of my uh, clients, they'll try to find success in material things, you know, money, their partner, whatever it may be, getting that next raise, whatever. But that's not, that's not true confidence, right? True confidence is something that no one can take away from you. And for me, that is my values, right? That's my integrity. That's my discipline. That's putting out good work and good quality work. That's valuing relationships, you know, genuinely loving and caring for people. Like that's where my confidence comes from. Whereas before it came more so from like what I did, like what I achieved, if that makes sense. For, um you said earlier that men today have become soft. What does that mean to you? So I believe that, I mean, man, you just look everywhere. These guys, they're hunched over. They're looking down, looking at their phones. Um, you know, they've got nothing going on. They're just kind of stuck in this rat race of society. They have no purpose. They have no fulfillment. They're out of shape. They're in a bad spot mentally. You know, they're addicted to pornography, all these things. Um, it's just kind of like the modern man. And so that's what I say when I mean, you know, these men have become extremely soft is they are, they're trading long-term success for instant gratification. Like I'm going to eat that donut because it feels good now, but down the road, you know, those donuts add up. You know, yeah, I'm going they, to, they pack into your, your blood vessels and then you <laughs> can't function. So yeah. Clogs your arteries and shit. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I mean, it's all instant gratification in exchange for long-term success and long-term results. That's what I've seen. So how do you, how do you think a man needs to, what does he have to do to break out of that? Man, a lot of that is self-discipline and self-accountability. Um, to take like one aspect individually, like the porn addiction piece, because I know a lot of guys struggle with pornography. And I mean, that's, that's a mental warfare. And a lot of guys, they know that they don't want to do it, but they're addicted and they keep coming back to it. Um, so what would, that would look like to break that habit is honestly, you know, accountability partner. Yes. Um, there's, I mean, there's lots to it. You know, another important thing would be implementing a positive habit to replace that negative habit, because it's really hard to quit something cold Turkey, just like that. Um, but if you implement a positive habit that is stimulating for the brain, just like the bad habit, it's much easier to get off. Um, <laughs> no, no pun intended there, but, uh, right. it's easier to beat, <laughs> right? You know, it's like so many bad puns we could make about that, but <laughs> exactly. Um, but you know, like a cold shower, maybe you jog around the block, maybe listening to your favorite music and doing 25 push-ups. something to get your mind out of that state where you're craving something stimulating. Mm -hmm. um, that's another great step to do that. So well, there's, and, and those things all actually release some of the same amounts of dopamine, but in a better way. So yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I actually talk a lot about porn. Uh, in my past, I was in that position where I was addicted to it and almost lost my marriage over it, and it was a mess. And, uh, you know, this was quite a while ago. People didn't talk about it. You know what I mean? You know, like nobody even would dare talk about it. Mm -hmm. And I, I found that even today, people are like, now everybody talks about it, but they just, like, assume that everybody does it. And it's like, no, you don't have to be doesn't have to be your way, you know? And it's, yeah. it, there's so much wrong with it too. Like, it's not just, oh, it's just a way to, you know, meet a physical need. No, it's like exploiting women. It's exploiting you. And, you know, exploiting children is extremely common because people don't know what they're looking at most of the time. It's a mess. It's such a mess. It is, man. And even, you know, physically, Yes, like spiritually, it does damage, but even like physically and mentally, man, because, you know, our bodies, if someone's addicted to porn and say they're simple terms, like wanking it every day sure. or whatever you may have, um, their body is constantly depleting that energy, that high quality energy source. So their body's constantly replenishing that, but also releasing it each and every day. And so a lot of the mental focus and physical capacity is actually being drained in that bad habit. So not only is it spiritual, but it's also physical, mental, affects your relationships. It's a big thing. So. Well, and you know, you, you got to figure from that perspective, you're, you know, training yourself to the quickest pathway for gratification. And when you're in a marriage and you're in a relationship where you're trying to have that long-term sexual commitment with somebody, um, that's not what you want to do. 
you don't want to be done as fast as you possibly can and as easy as possibly can. You want that to to be better, you know. So I I, I get that concept a lot, dude. Like it's a, it should matter to us to uh, to hold back from that. You talked about um, being addicted to opiates. Uh, dude, that has destroyed so many people's lives as well. Like, we're, uh, I'm assuming they gave you, you know, some Vicodin and, or, or Oxy or something after your surgery. Is that what, what you got you started or what? Yeah, I believe it was codeine, um, mixed with some other like, painkiller. Um, my mom was actually the one that helped me. Obviously I was, I was a junior, so she mm-hmm. just flat out took them from me. She she saw me popping, you know, getting up there three, four at a time and just keep getting more and more and more. She just cold turkey took them from me. So we're done. <laughs> yeah. I, exactly. I've I've got a good friend of mine that was about your age when he started on that the exact same way and he ended up going on a fifteen year hell and almost, you know, I think he Narcan himself and he'd been narcaned back to life probably 10 times went to rehab 10 times and finally got his life on track and he's doing great now but you know like he was dead or almost dead so many times and it started just like you so you need to make sure that next time you talk to your mom you tell her thank you for that (laughs) (laughs) all the time all the time she's amazing that's awesome uh she's she pretty supportive of what you're doing now yes um she was actually, she, she's a very smart woman. She graduated from college, uh, like with a math degree. And so she, she pushed a little bit for me to go to college. But, you know, my dad, he was an entrepreneur, still is. So I've always been an entrepreneur at heart. <laughs> so I took the whole traditional college route and I started my business. I grew it up to where I wanted two six figures. And I, I told my mom what was going on. She was supportive, dropped out, and then I sort of moved out to San Diego. That's awesome. So, uh, what's how? What's the difference like between small town Texas life and San Diego life? <laughs> There's so much to do here, man. So much to do. Um, no, I mean it's, it's completely two different worlds. You know, I don't know if you've ever been to San Diego, but I, I live uh, in middle of nowhere pennsylvania and i've never been further west than st louis so um, okay uh, yeah so when i go out there here soon that's going to be the first time that i've seen the, the west coast so kind of need to see man you'll love san diego the food here uh the people are so nice just so welcoming um <laughs> i love it i love it man the beaches are beautiful so i am uh i am there's a part of me that's like like, why would I want to go to California? But I guess there's there's probably good and bad there, right? <laughs> Absolutely. It's not it's not all that the news cracks it up to be, for sure. Right. right. It's not all not all crazies. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a little more LA. That's a little more north. I gotcha. <laughs> it's that way, you know, everybody whenever I talk about being from Pennsylvania, everybody always immediately assumes Pittsburgh or Philly and I'm like, Nope, nope. Nothing like those things. <laughs> so yeah man so uh let's talk to uh our our listeners a little bit about what it takes to be a man absolutely so that's a great question 
I believe that nowadays there's typically two ends of the spectrum. I believe that you typically see kind of like the Andrew Tate side, where it's like no feelings, push through everything, you know, lifted trucks, blowing through red lights, that kind of vibe. Then you have the other side, and it's like the guys that they're addicted to porn, they can't talk to girls, um, the quote-unquote beta males, I guess is what people typically call them. And it's very rare to find a man that is confident and assertive, but he's also a gentleman, and he leads with integrity. So that is what I believe that a man truly is, is someone that you know, has values, has morals, and consistently lives with those values and morals each and every day, no matter what the situation is. So, Interesting that you bring up Andrew Tate. I, uh, we've been following that guy here lately because, you know, he's speaking to the same crowd. You know what I mean? And he's appealing. Like, I, I cannot get over how many young, especially boys, just latching onto this content that he's creating. And I'm, so I'm like, all right, let's dig into this. What is he all about? What's he talking about? And I'm like, okay. So I, re I just read the other day 41 tenets that he has. And I'm like, I agree with, like, 90% of what this dude just said, you know? And then he gets, he made his, his millions, or however much he has, basically pimping out cam girls. And I'm like, this is a piece of trash. This is not a good man. And then he's using the rhetoric of good man to get people's attention. And then he's like, it's, it's, it's nonsense, dude. Uh, I hope that, you know, I hope that whatever is happening with him legally right now with all that mess, I'm hoping that it, that it shuts him up because he's no good. <laughs> it's interesting, man. He's got some good points. He's got some very out there points. Here I think what he, I think the good points, I think he's just like parroting the words of, other good men, I don't think he believes any of that. I think if he did, you you can't say the things like you're saying about a man being a gentleman and having integrity and living according to his values. But he says that stuff. You can't say that and then, you know, treat women the way that you treat women. You know, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> right. Anyway, sorry. I had to go on an Andrew Tate rant. <laughs> no. Dude, it's, it's very interesting. But the and it's like... The reason he's resonating is because young men are desperate for that content. They're desperate to know how to be in it. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's a matter of doing that, but in a healthy way. <laughs> no. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So there's some really good uh, influencers out there that are so much better than Andrew Tate that deserve so much more attention than what that fool gets. So... <laughs> I think it is the, uh, the the controversy that he brings to the table. Everyone's like, he said what? You know, that, that really pushes out his content. Yeah. Well, it's like Jordan Peterson, right? Like, like he's like the least controversial guy, right? Like, the, he doesn't say anything controversial, like hardly at all. But everybody seems to hate him and call him out. So it's that's always kind of fun, too. I like mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. But it's all good. So... Let's uh, let's let's ask another personal question here, man. Let's say that we can suspend the laws of time and space. We can go back in time and get the opportunity to speak to ten-year-old Cooper. What do you want him to know? Wow, man! What a great question. 
Wow. I would tell Baby Cooper that his worth is not defined by others or what he does. You think that would have helped you through the stuff you had to go through later? Yeah, absolutely. That would have saved me a lot of heartache, a lot of pain. But then again, you know, I use those as lessons. So Right, right. Um, so then yeah, Cooper advice. wouldn't be as awesome as he is now. <laughs> <laughs> so then we created a paradox, and then we're in trouble. <laughs> you got to go back in the time machine and fix that. Uh, <laughs> no, but that's that's probably the biggest thing that I would say, for sure. What what does define your worth? I would say what he thinks of himself, and how he's living for the big man upstairs. That is a great answer to that question, man. All right, Coop, what's your, can I call you Coop? Absolutely. <laughs> Good. Absolutely. What's, what's your best advice for the men that are listening today, man? Yeah, man, I would just say, you know, if your life is not where you want it to be physically, mentally, financially, spiritually, relationships, whatever, you can live the life that you want, especially with today's advances in technology. Like guys, it's possible. It is so possible to live the life that you've dreamed of, where you are healthy, you know, where you have great relationships, even if you're in a dark place. So I want to give these guys, you know, a message of hope that it's possible to get to where they want to be and become the man that they want to become. So that is what that I would, that's the number one thing that I would tell the modern man. That's great. Hey, let's get practical now too. So what advice do you give the guy who says, all right, I do, I do want that. I want to get started on my, on my getting my health on track. I mean, obviously every person is different and needs a customized plan, but where would you start this guy out? Uh, physically, mentally, or both? Let's start with physical. Physical? Okay. I love non-negotiables because as guys, we're very accomplished-based. And so it's like, at the end of the day, check off those non-negotiables and it gets a, a hit of dopamine, you know, really quick. So I'd say the top three things that someone can do if they're just wanting to get healthier, lose fat, gain muscle. Number one is to start lifting heavy with compound movements. So with lifting, uh, your compound movements are lifts that have to do with uh, multiple muscle group movements, All right? So this is your bench, your squat, your pull-up, um, basically any exercise that uses multiple muscle groups. So by training in reps from five to six, right, training heavy, that is going to help target fat loss, but also muscle growth at the same time. So that is the first thing that I would say is make sure to you know, even do full body workouts three times per week with heavy compound movements. I would say uh, the second thing is actually with nutrition, making sure to start eating whole food and prioritize protein. Um, that's what I tell guys is general rule of thumb. If there's an ingredient that you can't pronounce, don't put it in your body. <laughs> pretty, pretty cut and dry, pretty simple. Um, you know, stick to 
ground beef, chicken, jasmine rice, whole wheat, fruits, vegetables, and prioritize the protein, meaning meats, eggs, um, legumes, things of that nature. So that's the second thing. And I'd say the third is actually to start walking each day. Just get in some steps, shoot for at least six to 8,000 steps a day. And you can honestly put in a good podcast just like this one. That's going to help guys grow in the process um, while they're walking, hitting their steps. It's actually pretty meditative as well. So I'd say, you know, lift heavy with your compound movements at least three times per week. Eat whole foods and prioritize protein. And then get some steps in at least six to 8,000 steps per day. It's good practical advice for any man. And then obviously, you know, you crank it up depending on what they want to do, right? Whether they want to have six pack, if they want to have six pack abs, they got to do a little more, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yep. Absolutely. So, uh, you talked about whole foods. Is there uh do you, how often do you, do you ever break that and eat something you shouldn't? Oh, all the time. <laughs> yeah, man, I'll have my cheat meal or two every week. Um, and we're here in San Diego. It's, it's really close to the border. So the burritos, man, you can't beat them. Wow. I wonder if I wonder if they're that bad or if they're actually, some of them could actually be pretty whole, right? I mean, depending on who's making them. Right. Absolutely. You, know, you got good meat. You got some spices. You got some veggies. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, man. That's awesome. Well, hey, man. So if our guests want to connect with you, they want to see the work you're doing, they want to learn from you, what's the best way to make that happen? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm most active on Instagram at Cooper B. Heller. That's C-O-O-P-E-R-B Heller, H-E-L-L-E-R. Um, if you guys want to get in contact with me, I'd love to talk with everyone. Just shoot me a message. I just introduce yourself and I love to chat with you. Awesome. Hey, thanks so much for being on the show today, man. I really appreciate your uh, insight and, and uh, appreciate you headed out to the coffee shop so we could still have our conversation. <laughs> Absolutely, Josh. Thank you for having me. No problem. Thanks. Cooper, thank you so much for spending the time with us here on the show. Gentlemen, if you want to connect with the work that Cooper is doing, the links are in the show notes. So if you go to the blog or if you just click on the, the more info on that post that you're listening to on this, you can go straight to his website and you can find out more about the work that he's doing. Gentlemen, I appreciate you guys. I wanted you to know that. I want you to know that uh, I really do appreciate that you guys have been making Manlyhood a success. We've had over half a million downloads so far, which is amazing. We've had some amazing conversations with guests like Cooper Heller and with some other amazing guests, best-selling authors, uh, TV personalities, and it's just been a phenomenal journey, and I can't wait to see where Season 7 is going to go. So we've got a few more interviews left on Season 6, but I'm really glad that you guys tuned in. I love you guys. I care about you, and I'll see you next time.